Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan M. K. That is right. Do not forget to follow me on the Twitters, on the gram, at RMK Madness. That's right. That's right. And as you know, we are here for one thing, and one thing only, and that is... Duh. Winning. That's right. The Fantasy Madness Podcast for winning your championship. I made a little bit of a questionable decision in a draft today. (laughs) Sorry, yesterday. And (laughs) I'll get into that later. I'll get into that later. But I really don't think it's that bad. Slightly questionable. I was kind of like, maybe should have went somewhere else. But, but, in the end... I'm okay with it, and I'll get into that. I'll explain. But I hope everyone had a good weekend. Not bad here at the Madhouse MK. Fucking rained a lot. So no luck on seeing any good picks of the Neowise Comet. I did one night last week. Pretty sure I saw the Comet with my own eyes. Pretty sure, very faintly. When, there, when I did have a night with decent sky. But it was in such a position that it was going to be a pain in the ass to get, to get my telescope out. And I let my mother borrow my fucking binoculars. <clears throat> I just... No! I, yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. such a bummer. I wanted to see it so bad. I know. I know. I'm just crying about it now. But (laughs) I really wanted to see this fucking comment. I love busting out the telescope and checking stuff out in the sky. And I was really hoping to see that. But it was just cloudy, cloudy, cloudy. All the days I could have seen it. Not really. I mean, there was a couple nights that a little bit. But again, by the time I finally located the fucking thing, I was like, all right, I'm going to get that shit tomorrow. And no, no. Clouds. But you know what? I don't mind clouds because it takes some of the heat away during the day, which I like. I also enjoy the rain. Enjoy the rain. So it was nice to get some of that because for a few weeks we had fucking heated day. And remember the fucking heat dome they were calling it or whatever it was? Oh, my goodness. I mean, don't get me wrong. Could be worse. Got pretty toasty in places like Zona. But, you know, moving on. (laughs) I'm done rambling about cloudy weather ruining my comet sighting. Because, really, I shouldn't complain because I enjoy the cloudy weather. But it could have just waited a few days is all I'm saying. Other than that, about, uh, other than, you know, sitting around complaining about not being able to see Neo-wise, I did check out some baseball this weekend. One of my beloved teams, the Minnesota Twins. Man. They are just back as far as the uh, the home run squad. And you know what? You know what? I still don't care all that much. So I say, but what are my beloved teams? I just I root for the Colorado-Minnesota teams. And so I do root for the Twins, but it, 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 we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll get a little more invested um, towards the end of the season, maybe towards playoffs. And... You know, because there's some things. And, you know, they're, they're already struggling with some of the COVID stuff. The MLB is. And then, 
And then you look into some other things they're dealing with. Like, for example, some things that irritated me upon watching baseball this weekend. Number one, the crowd noise. I don't know that I'm a fan. Because A, I know it's fake. And B, it's it's not natural. It's it's like it, it, it feels like the same sounds used again and again. And then you got the cardboard fans, which I think just kind of suck. I'd just rather see the empty seats, I believe. I don't know if I want to stare at all the like because they're just they're just cardboard. And my wife pointed out the lack of black faces. And I couldn't decide if that was just, you know, like some semblance of racism there or if that's just because uh, not that many black people into baseball. I don't know. Not as many. I, I don't think in general, actually, there's that many people. Like, because the next thing I started looking for was how many of them people are older. Because I don't know a lot of black people into baseball, but I also don't know a lot of people in general into baseball anymore. We'll see if what they're doing with this whole thing changes that, but it was interesting to see with everything going on in the world. A severe lack of black faces on those cardboard cutouts. Interesting. And hey, like I said, could just be just not enough fans. Not enough black fans. And I get it. I get it. I actually just view baseball fans as older white people. And (laughs) I know that's not true. I know that's not true. But it does feel like the majority of fans in that sport. But I could be wrong. Again, I don't care. It's baseball. (laughs) COVID is raging on. Over a thousand deaths. Several days in a row, mind you. Several days in a row. Several deaths. And I'm, I'm seriously worried for football, you know. Baseball's already having some issues. I'd, Lou Williams, basketball player in the NBA, he is being investigated and quarantined because he apparently went to the strip club. He left the bubble to go to the strip club. <laughs> so he broke the rules. And you know if one dude's doing it. <laughs> like, come on, guys. This isn't going to work if you all don't follow the guidelines. And so if baseball, basketball, if they're having a hard time, what the fuck is going to happen with football? I mean, in a sport where people... The, the, the players are, are in much closer contact with each other. And there's a lot more staff, roster, all of that. I, I've been through this shit. I mean, it's just, man, it worries me. But I'm worried for the whole country right now. Between COVID and, and Trump's Gestapo <laughs> invading and beating the shit out of terror, or what he calls terrorists, but they're fucking protesters. And yeah. Some of them have gotten out of hand. And now that you've brought your Gestapo in, Mr. Trump, of course motherfuckers are fighting back. You literally brought in a secret police as 
a dictator would do. And then, and then on top of all of this, you look at how well <laughs> these secret police are, are ready to handle protesters. And then you look at how our hospitals and doctors are, are set up to deal with the pandemic. Very stark contrast. Very stark contrast. And it's crazy. And people don't understand we want the police defunded. And I don't know if I got so far as to say defund the police, but you definitely need, there needs to be so many fucking changes. They should get less money. There should be more training, especially if they're going to keep that money. I, mean, I digress. I digress. I apologize. I'll save that for the other podcast, which is miscellaneous debris. See, you didn't even know. I was just doing all this to lead into, you know, giving a promo for my own other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris with me, the Mad Chatter. You can check it out where you find this podcast and hear all my thoughts on what's going on societally and everything else. But we must fight on. We must hope for the best. Those of us who are at, at, to use what's what's the quote? The parlance of our our generation. The parlance of our generation. We woke. Those of us who are woke, we must continue to fight on for our rights as American people. For y'all's rights as minorities or women in this country. Well, I guess women are minority technically, so we must fight on against this pandemic. We must fight on against the racist dipshits <laughs> and their fearless leader. Keep fighting, and, and I, will, I will leave it there for now, and we'll just get on to the football stuff because you know what? There is, there is a little bit of news with the football stuff. A little bit of news. So we can go ahead and get into that. That's right. The financials are set. Football is ready. They're going to get to training camp. Now, it's not going to be quite the same training camp. Because according to, you know, all the stuff coming out with what they agreed on with safety protocols, you know, with COVID and everything, it looks like everybody's going to have to get some rounds of testing done, and they're, they're going to have to spend some time. Like, it's going to be a little bit before they actually get on the practice field, and then it's going to be, man, it's going to be crazy. Because then from there, they're just going to hit the fucking ground running. It's going to be like they're going to get a few weeks, and then it's going to be go time. No preseason. I can just imagine injuries galore in the first few weeks. And again, I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but I think this is really where depth is going to be important. I think we're going to see injuries. We're going to see players test positive and have to go on IR. It's just going to happen. If it's happening in other sports that are already trying to do the best they can with less players and less, you know, I've been through this. This is definitely going to be a difficult situation. So I think everybody just needs to be prepared that A, football may not finish, and B, if it does, there's going to be a lot of bumps along the way. Just keep that in mind. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. 
But supposedly, shit's ready to go. Jamal Adams was traded to Seattle. Definitely makes that uh, secondary look a little tougher, although they gave up a hefty price for it. But I do like Jamal Adams. Alex Smith, haven't heard that name in a while, have you? Bro, well, probably occasionally, but not a ton. Well, he's cleared to practice. Now, who's going to be the backup? Or do the Washington football team, does the Washington football team, trade Alex Smith. And you know what? Now that I think about it, we're going to call him the Washington Force game. They're going to go by football team? Okay, fine. We're going to continue to use the Washington Foreskins until you actually come up with a fucking name. That's what we're going to do. So you go ahead and have your temporary name this year, Washington, the Washington football team. You go ahead. And hey, I don't hate it. I think it's better than rushing into something. But if you're going to have something temporary, a placeholder, then so will I. Thank you very much. Adam Shaheen was traded to Miami. I don't think this matters. Shaheen couldn't do shit in Chicago. And Miami has Mike Gusecki. So I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> Bolster depth, maybe? Huh. And then there's Mike Zimmer. Boy, he's already off on the right foot. And it sounds like the situation was cleared up. But basically... Zimmer came out and said, this was shortly after his contract was announced, he came out and said, yeah, Cook is going to be uh, at training camp Tuesday. And then Cook's agent, Dalvin Cook's agent, came out and said, uh, we never talked to Zimmer. Because the reporter asked him, who told you that? He did, is what Zimmer said. And apparently, Dalvin Cook had been talking with the running backs coach, and his agent says he never said he was coming. The running backs coach said that he was coming. And it sounds like they got it all together. But still, e even if that's the truth, Zimmer still lied because you, di you didn't get it from Dalvin Cook. You got it from the RB coach. <sighs> As someone who roots for the Vikings, I did not like the Zimmer extension for a couple of reasons. I don't – I think he's a pretty good defensive mind. But his defense, it needs some help. And I do think it's good. He brought in Dom Kipper. I do think it's good he's at least open to bringing in changes and hearing new things and, and stuff like that. So it, it's good that he's open to that. But he also, he also, there's so much, if you've been a Vikings fan, there's just so much, so many of the little things. Not to mention, not to mention the importance of having your head coach be one of these offensive gurus. Why? Because that's your head coach and then it doesn't get snapped. Because every time you have a defensive coach, they have to cycle offensive coordinators because those off offensive coordinators tend to get head coaching jobs. Makes it hard for continuity. And you really need that on the offensive side of the ball. And then if you get an offensive head coach and you get yourself a badass, defensive-minded Bad-ass defensive coordinator, you get that, then you're good. And the defensive coordinator is less, less likely to end up in a head coaching position than an offensive coordinator. That's just where we are in the NFL. <sighs> so I hate to ramble about that, but it's just I feel for the teams that, you know, are like stuck, feel like they're stuck in purgatory, you know, when it comes to, you know, you can't see 
a rebuild on the horizon or you can't see the rebuild going well and, and or you know you're that team that you you're good enough to just be right there but not good enough to take the whole thing and when you root for the Vikings you get a lot of that <laughs> so we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes for them and I did want to mention also DJ Fluker came out as a victim of domestic abuse and his relationship with a female he had for a very long time and she uh, was pretty abusive to him it sounds like so go look into that if you want I just this is important because I myself was abused before in a relationship she actually gave me a nice uh, hook right down a flight of stairs <laughs> and I busted open my cheek pretty good um, when I landed so that was fun. <laughs> but it's out there. It happens, man. And you know what? I was somehow able to maintain and resist and not fight back. Because A, I knew the consequences. And B, my dad just always told me you never hit a woman. That's just one of the things my dad told me I always tried to live by. And so... I commend Fluger for doing the same and not striking back. And, you know, it just goes to show you, man, that this shit happens. Even to a big-ass dude like DJ Fluger. Shit's real. <sighs> anyway, okay, I'm sorry. I've taken up such a big part of the first segment rambling about Neo-Wise and then my, my political and societal views and then bitched about Mike Zimmer. <laughs> Uh, so not, but maybe not, maybe not the greatest of opening segments, you, you know, suck, but you I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say I sucked. I've had some sucky ish episodes, but I wouldn't say that exactly. You suck, you jackass. Whatever. Anyway, anyway, moving on, moving on. We're going to get into the madness and continue our discussion, our, our, you know, divisional breakdown. And we move on to the AFC South. So we'll get into that right now. What the fuck? Welcome to the madness. That's right. That's right. That's right. Then we continue on with the divisional breakdowns. Still in the AFC, we move on to the south. That's right. The South, where the coronavirus is raging, and where hold many, oh, right-wing lunatics. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I will begin with the Houston Texans. That's right, the Houston Texans. I, Deshaun Watson, I got him as a top five QB. You know what to do. You know the man, Deshaun Watson, so keep that in mind. Wide receivers are tough to tell. My best guess, my best bet on who would be the number one would be, if healthy, Will Fuller. He has quite the connection with Deshaun Watson, even when DeAndre Hopkins was there. And then you've got Randall Cobb, whom they signed. They brought in Brandon Cooks. And this officially pushes Kiki Kuti and Kenny Stills back in the depth chart. 
because you'll likely have Fuller, Cooks, and Cobb. But we'll see. It's really interesting because Fuller is, is similar to Stills and Cooks. But you figure Cooks can do... I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's, it will be very interesting to see what happens. But again... My best bet is on Fuller and any of the other guys. Man, I like Cobb. I think he could do some damage this year, and he's still under 30. So not a bad deal in Dynasty, right? And then you go to the running backs. This is a little bit different. DeAndre Hopkins obviously was sent away. That's why you have the uh, wide receiver group as, as it is. And in return, they got David Johnson. So good for the Cardinals getting DeAndre Hopkins and getting rid of that contract. But I do think there is a chance that David Johnson has a pretty good year. And there's going to be people that, you know, point to him and say, hey, he could have a bounce back and this and that. And I do agree to an extent. I also think this could be finally Duke Johnson's year. Why do I say that? Because, well, I do like David Johnson and I've always liked him, and I was very happy to get him last year in a couple of different leagues. And then very brokenhearted when he kind of fucked me. Well, really, the Cardinals fucked me. Uh, David Johnson started out the season not bad, and then he got hurt, and then they traded for Kenyon Drake, and the rest is history. So this year, he goes to Houston. Now, they're going to want to make that trade look good. So I imagine they're going to give David Johnson plenty of carries. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to prove he still has it. But he was a little bit older coming into the league. He's a little bit older now. And he's been banged up. And I just wonder how effective he'll be. Now, for Duke Johnson, he still needs a lot to break his way because he was the better running back than Carlos Hyde last year. People don't realize that. Yes, Carlos Hyde had plenty more yards, more carries, etc. And in that Houston offense, the way they do things with that line, he was able to have a successful year, I would say. But when Duke Johnson was on the field, he was more productive, he was more efficient. And yet, Bill O'Brien and the Texans coaching staff kept plugging in Carlos Hyde. <laughs> so not only does Duke have to really, you know, continue to be special and David Johnson has to falter or deal with some injuries, but the Texans coaching staff has to realize what they have in Duke Johnson. I mean, just a terrible place. I wish he would have went somewhere else. <laughs> and then at tight end. I know you got uh, Aikens, Thomas, Fells, all garbage, in my opinion. Not garbage, I shouldn't say. Anyone who's on an NFL team can at least play a little bit, okay? But these are not the guys. Cahill Warren has been working out with Deshaun Watson. Second-year tight end. He's going to come in and do some damage. I guarantee it. Moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. Philip Rivers, well, he couldn't have gone to a better spot, right? 
working with some of his former coaches in a really good offense with an ascending defense. And I think he's going to have a hell of a year. Maybe even finishes a QB1. But I think he's going to be right there, like the Philip Rivers of old, where you used to get him at the back ends of a draft. Remember that? Remember that? It's at the back end of a draft. You just grab you some Philip Rivers and you'd be good. I think he has one of those years in him. And he's going to have Michael Pittman stepping in as his ex receiver. He's still got T.Y. Well, he doesn't still have to. He has T.Y. Hilton there. Paris Campbell, who I really like. And Paris Campbell, people forget about him because he didn't do a lot last year. But rookie, people seem to forget. Not all rookies are going to fire in their first year. And then dealt with some injuries. But he's good to go this year. And they need that kind of play. They, they're going to be able to u- really use his skill set, I believe. And he will effectively at some point probably take T.Y. Hilton's spot. But dude runs a 4-3-40. His speed score, burst score are both in the 97th percentile. Like, I'm excited for this guy. But he's just got to get some opportunity. I think he will this year. And I also cannot wait to see Mr. Jonathan Taylor. And it's bad news for Marlon Mack, because I really do like Marlon Mack. He does struggle a little in pass protection. And that means I think Jonathan Taylor is really going to ascend as the year goes on. He's just that good. And I still like Mack a little bit, because he is going to be a breather, and he'll probably catch some passes. And then I do think they're going to incorporate Naheem Hines a little bit. And you know how Philip Rivers is. He'll probably really like Naheem Hines. But I definitely think by the end of the year, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the man. So I think he's safe to even in redraft to take. And then at tight end, you know, everybody's going to look to Jack Doyle, but the Colts are talking they want to get Mo Ali Cox involved. He's a big dude, red zone threat for sure. And if they start getting him involved in the red zone, we could see him be more productive than Jack Doyle and might be the better pick. And he's going at the end of the draft, even undrafted. So, just to keep in mind that name, Mo Alley Cox. Let's keep moving on, moving on. Come on, no quote. Moving on, moving on. Come on, sound effects. Why is everything moving on, moving on? Jacksonville Jaguars. Gardner Minshew, I don't know if you guys know this, but, and gals, guys and gals, I don't know if y'all know this, but Minshew can play, baby. Now, is he spectacular? No, no, but above average. And people don't realize this. He was top 10 rusher for quarterbacks, obviously. He puts up some yards running the ball. Or was he right outside the top 10? I guess I should have looked. I could probably look it up now. Let's go ahead and look it up. Let's go ahead and look it up to make for sure. But my whole point is, I believe in Gardner Minshew. Now, it's tough to tell exactly how much the Jaguars do uh, because they've given up a lot this offseason. They're in the middle of a rebuild and they might be just using Minshew to kind of, you know, get them to a spot to where maybe next year in the draft they get their guy. So maybe that's what they're doing, but maybe Minshew gives them reason not to, right? So that's something to really look at. I I really like Minshew for sure this year because he's got DJ Chark. DJ Chark's the man, and he's going to continue that 
their their chemistry should continue to evolve. And I do think LaVisca Chenault will impress this year. They're going to be able to use him all over the field, and he's going to be very dangerous as far as he's going to be tough for opposing defenses, man. Just saying. And as far as, oh, here we go, here we go. Rushing opportunity productivity for Gardner Minshew. He was number five in carries, number five in rush yards, number five in rush yards per game. So there you go. There you go. Minshew is one of those scrambling tap quarterbacks I've always talked about. So keep him in mind. I know that's one of the guys I'm aiming to get in my new draft. So keep that in mind. Now, continuing to move on, continuing to move on. Did the fucking train? The train got derailed, didn't it? Just right there. Just. (laughs) Oh, it did. It did. I just totally lost my place. Leonard Fournette. That's where I was at. Now we got it. We're on track. It's all good. It's all good. Train's back on the track. Now Fournette, I think he's going to be solid this year. But if he gets traded, he could either get a boost up or, you know. A slight decrease in where he's at just based on where he goes, obviously. But if he is traded, I got to say, Reichwell Armstead is the guy I'm looking at, okay? I know Davin Ozigbo is there, and they kind of like him, but that is replacement-level type talent, okay? Nothing special. Reichwell Armstead, on the other hand, runs a 4-4-5 40-yard dash. He's got a speed score in the 94th percentile. Dude has above average bench press, agility score. Ah, he's lacking in the burst score. Okay. But his college dominator, 72nd percent. Okay. So he's got some college production. Now, he may not do much this year, Armstead, that is, if Fournette stays, simply because of the addition of Chris Thompson, because they'll probably use Chris Thompson to spell some Fournette. Well, That's the theory anyway, because Jay Gruden is there. But after this whole Washington thing, Jay Gruden may not have a job at the end of the day. Who knows? And we'll see what happens with Chris Thompson there. But again, if something happens with Fournette, right? Quill Armstead, because it's not Chris Thompson. I don't even know if Chris Thompson will actually be able to do the job that they want him to do. He's damn near 30 years old. He doesn't stay healthy. I don't know. I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing him being too productive. But here's another name to keep an eye on. James Robinson, the undrafted running back. I do believe there's a good chance he makes the roster, if not the practice squad. And I think they like this guy. And I tell you what, I like him too. You can go ahead and look up his metrics as well. Don't forget, playerprofiler.com. And by the way, I didn't even mention that yet. I do, at some point soon, have an article coming out on Darius Geis. It's essentially my love poem for Darius Geis, to be honest. But, you know, maybe I'm man-crushing too hard, and it screws me in a few leagues this year. (laughs) But, hey, hey, I believe in you, Darius. I believe in you, Mr. Geis. Anyway, back to the Jaguars, back to the Jaguars. For tight end, Josh Oliver. He's the guy to own. I know... They got O'Shaughnessy, and I know they signed Tyler Eifert. 
Tyler Eifert ain't the same. He hasn't been in a few years. There's a reason the Bengals let him go. And Josh Oliver is just all around the best talent on that team. And he's going to be the guy to make his mark at the position this year for the Jags. Moving on to, oh, 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 what? The Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. And Ryan Tannehill, who I do think will be solid this year. He's sticking around. Mariota's off to the Oakland Raiders, who I'm sure we'll mention next week. Or next pod. Not next week, next pod. A.J. Brown is a stud. This will help Tannehill. <laughs> A.J. Brown is a fucking man. I, I, I'm trying to get him anywhere I can in Dynasty, but he's hard to get because the price is high, and rightly so. Rightly so. And I do think you look at who's behind him, and I know there are some people that are like, hey, Corey Davis, he's going to do it this year. It's going to be him. He's going to have that Devontae Parker, finally you made it season, and I just don't see it. I think... More than likely, we're going to see more Adam Humphreys this year. They paid him a good contract. He wanted to go somewhere where, I mean, his biggest problem in New England was Tom Brady's not going to be there forever, right? This is a dude who's going to want the ball. He's going to want to be used. And I do think another year, Tannehill in the offense, we're going to see a step forward. And again, I don't see Corey Davis doing anything. So somebody's got to take some of that receiving work besides A.J. Brown, and I think that's where Adam Humphreys comes in, and then obviously the tight end position, which we'll get into in a second. At running back, you got King Henry. No need to worry there. But Darrington Evans, the rook, very interesting as well. And there's a good reason why. Okay, he's got a hell of a player profiler. This would be the perfect guy to do what, well, what the Tennessee Titans really signed Deion Lewis to do, and he just couldn't do. Deion Lewis was garbage in Tennessee. But, but, Darrington Evans, 96 percentile in the 40-yard dash, because it's a 4-4. 86 percentile in the speed score. 82nd percentile in the bus score. Like, he's got some speed, dude's got some juice. 72nd percentile college dominator rating. Above average college target share, 64th percentile college yards per carry. This dude best resembles or best comparable to Daryl Henderson, who I know hasn't panned out, but watch out for that dude this year, okay? I could see him and Akers being a good one-two punch. I digress. Darrington Evans could be the lightning to King Henry's thunder is all I'm saying. And again, might be a good spot for Tannehill to go to, right? So we'll have to see with all of that. But I do think that's something that they were looking for, which is why they signed Deion Lewis, and then that just didn't pan out, right? So that's kind of how I view the running back position there. And then, as I mentioned, the tight end position, you're going to have some targets go to Jonu Smith. I believe he's a top 10 tight end, and he will be the second leading receiver behind A.J. Brown. But I think then you're going to have Adam Humphreys because, like I said, I do think he'll be used more this year. And then right after that, I could see Darrington Evans. So it's going to be interesting. Fuck Corey Davis. I A, I was not the biggest fan of his coming out. Like, I wasn't going crazy like some people. But I did have, like, I did have some Corey Davis in a league or two. 
was able to successfully get rid of him. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just, man, that Devontae Parker out of nowhere resurgence after being labeled a complete bust, hey, that doesn't happen very often at all. So, 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 let's go ahead and move on. Next week, we're getting to, next week, I said it again. What the fuck? I, I just am just, no! I know, I know. Oh, oh goodness, goodness. <laughs> Got through most of the episode without starting to lose my mind. I, wait, it was already lost. Yeah, so next pod, not next week, next pod, we will get into the AFC West. And then, hey, we'll be done with the AFC and we'll be moving on to the NFC. It's so exciting. So, yes, next pod, AFC West. We're going to have a, a quick breather real quick and then we'll come back and close this motherfucker up. All right. That's right. It's time to close up shop and this pod. It is game over time. (sighs) That's right. I I got one last draft of the year going. Well, I still got my IDP league going. That one is just moving slow as all hell. But I'm in this one last draft and I was saying earlier, okay, this is what happened. So my first two picks, basically all the top quarterbacks were taken. So I was like, okay, I'm going to work on, I'm going to wait on quarterback for now. And I was hoping Baker Mayfield would make it to me. And he went a few picks before. And I'm at the back end. I got the 13th pick. This one's a 14-teamer, not a 12-teamer. 13th pick. So again, once, once again, I'm set up to where I've got my picks closely together. So I go ahead. With the 13th pick, I take Miles Sanders, who is still there. And then with the 2.2, I take Chris Godwin. And Devontae Adams was there, and I think one other fairly good receiver. Excuse me. But I wanted to go Godwin, because I think he's going to be a stud. Continue to be a stud. It's going to be hard for him to replicate what he did last year. But to think he won't still be a stud for this year and years to come, you'd be lying to yourself. And he's 24. Those are the guys I like that have been around for a few years and already have some experience, and yet they're still young. So I love that Chris Godwin's is on, and so I took him. When it came back around to me, a lot of running backs had gone, and a lot of, well, a lot of other stuff had gone. And, and the quarterbacks were starting to get to a point where I was like, man, I got to take somebody now. And I was trying to debate what to do with quarterback. And see, the guy that was drafting after me, he didn't have any running backs. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? But I imagine he's going to grab running back in the rookie draft. Because this one's a little bit weird. So it's 14 teams, and then we're just drafting vets right now. And the rookie draft is the reverse of the vet draft. So me and him, this guy, are going to get the top two picks. So guaranteed, he's going Clyde Edwards, Halea, or JT. I'm hoping he goes Clyde so I can get JT. But if he goes JT, I may, ooh, then I may have to trade back. 
in the drive. Yes, because everybody will be going crazy for Clyde Edwards. And I can see what I can do with that pick. So maybe that's maybe that's the route I'll go. But anyway, so my third pick, the 313. I went Darius Geis. And it got a hell of a reaction. But here's the way I look at it. People want to run their mouth, okay. But I believe in Darius Geis, not only this year, but beyond. So that's part of it. And the other part is if you look at his average draft position, it's sixth round, which is some to some people a little high. I think that's about right. And you look at the position I was in. I had the 313 and the 42. So I could have taken him either or. I was afraid maybe the other dude might go after him because if you think about it, if his ADP is in the sixth round, his average draft position where he's going on average is in the sixth fucking round. Then you take into account that I'm a 14-team league, not a 12-team league, and you take into the into account that there's none of the rookies in the draft. By now, several of those running backs, receivers, quarterback, rookies, would have been taken by now. But they haven't been. So, to me, you change that stuff up, you take out the rookies, and you make it a 14-teamer, that automatically moves him to from the 6th up to the 4th, I would think. And given I could have taken him at 4-2, I don't really think it was that much of a stretch to grab him there. But hate is going to hate. <laughs> I'm okay with it now. I was a little, little you know, freaked out at first because of what people were saying. And I was thinking, you know, does that mean I could have waited to get him? But I still feel like given what the running back board looked like, I don't think he would have made it to my next set of picks. And I wanted to make sure I got him. So fuck off. <laughs> and as we know, camps to open soon. And like I said, if so, it's going to be abnormal, man. It's going to be man and woman. It's going to be crazy. We're not going to get a lot of news at first, and then it's just going to be like, poof, hit the ground running. Because it's going to be a little bit of camp, right? A little bit of camp. No preseason. Right into it. <laughs> it's going to be insane. If this works out, it'll be an interesting year. Well, for all the sports, as I mentioned before. So we'll see how it all plays out. We'll see how it all plays out. I'm going to go get on my draft, see what that situation is like, see when I'm coming up and what it looks like for my available picks. And good luck to all of you if you're doing any drafting this week. And we will chat again Friday. Yes. And don't don't forget, don't forget to follow me on the Twitters, on the gram at RMK Madness. That's right. That's right. Check out all my stuff. I'll have some articles coming out. I'll play profiler soon. <sighs> Miscellaneous debris pod will be coming out today as well. So just lots of stuffs. Right. Anyway, I will bid you all adieu for now. As always, stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad. Ta-ta. Laters. Welcome to the show. The Mad Chatter is here.